Are you feeling burnt out and still want more career success? Well, from burned out to success, this week on Casa de Confidence, we have Dr. Nicole Fredericks Jackson, the designer of Leader Coaching, a solution to balance your career and personal life. Welcome to Casa de Confidence, a podcast for women and some cool dudes going in the direction of their dreams and the confidence it takes to reach them. I'm your host, Julie DeLuca Collins. And your sidekick, handsome hot husband, that again. I am a dreamer, a traveler, a missionary, and risk taker. I am a lover of books, activist, philanthropist, and most of all, we are a supporter of people and their dreams. If you stumble into the casa for the first time, welcome. If you've been here before, we're so glad you're back. Grab your drink of choice, settle in, and make yourself at home. Good morning, Julie. Good morning or afternoon? Yeah, it's both. Mm. It's exactly noon, so it's exactly noon. we're at that threshold. What happened to us recording oh, this morning? I we were relaxing and we had breakfast and we had what? What? Breakfast and where? Where did we have that breakfast? Well, I asked you to bring me breakfast in bed. You were on your way to pick up your prescription this yes. morning. And you said, do you want anything from Dunkin' Donuts? And I said, sure. Bring me something from Dunkin' Donuts. Bring me an avocado toast. And I said, all right, let's get ready. When I get home, be downstairs and we'll eat. And I said, no, bring it upstairs. I want breakfast in bed today. I don't feel like getting up. And whatever Julie wants. Julie gets. Julie gets. So then, he, well, first of all. So we had breakfast in bed. We had breakfast in bed. And the funniest thing happened. Dan is like, he, he eats whatever and he gets up and, and, and he's about to walk out of the room and he's playing with the dogs. The dogs are on top of the bed and I'm drinking my coffee. And Yogi Bear Collins is in the bed and Dan is like rubbing him and playing with him. And then he starts to, um, to nibble at his ear and he's like you know i that didn't actually nibble you weren't nibbling ear. but i was faking like on that tiktok yeah, where like they do the, the crunchy crunchy sound and you're like oh where's that sound let's see if he reacts so i go to tiktok and i open tiktok and i get the sound and i start to record and he's been playing along with like nibbling his ear playing along and yogi hasn't responded other than nuzzling him and being all cuddly then all of a sudden as i play the sound mm -hmm. yogi jumps and yelps he like, screams like i just bit his ear off and simba's like jumping wah, wah, wah. And he's jump 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 and it was like a whole little shit show you can't in the bed. actually hear it on the tiktok you because can. you, you, you can't hear them because we're using the sound from but i was laughing so hard oh my TikTok. god it was a good anyway. way to start the morning with laughter so, for sure hey yes daniel you told me yesterday our guest today actually mm -hmm. just got a new puppy. She got a new puppy, and I'm so jelly. Mm. <laughs> I know you. I know, because she's always asking the dogs, hey, Yogi, hey, Simba, you want a sister? You want a new sister? I'm like, no. They miss having dogs. a sister. Two dogs, not three. Mm. We had three dogs because, you know, Simba needed a home. Simba needed a home, and he came into a home with mm -hmm. Yogi in Bella. Yes. Bellarina. We miss her so much. Yeah, she's crossed that she's, rainbow bridge. She's such a good girl. Yeah, she is a good girl. She was a good girl. Anyhow. So, and, yeah. But listen, they do need a sister. They don't need a sister. Yeah, look at them. They're, like, pining for one right now. Oh, yeah. They're asleep. <laughs> anyway. Dreaming of a sister. All right. Moving on from the dogs. Okay. Um, on other news. Yes. Friday night was a fun outing. I feel like, you know, this hermit that never goes out. Mm -hmm. And I went out on Friday. Yes, we did go out on Friday. We went and saw our friend Arlene and Mike. Their son, Gavin, had his senior night last regular season hockey game. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was. We've been seeing him play since he was six. Hmm. And he's graduating high school soon. Yeah. He's yep. grown this up. Is his oh my year. gosh. He's an only child. And there's something about an only child that's very special. <laughs> <laughs> he's always been like a little adult. Yes. And um, he must like us a lot, is all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. He's a good. He's a good. I, you know, I, can you say he's a good kid? 
He's a good kid. Yeah. Anybody in the 30s is a good kid. You know. Because anyway. we're that old now. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so I was thinking today that, you know, when I spoke to Nicole, and, and I've been waiting for this interview to release because I wanted it to just be the right time. And now we're mm-hmm. moving out of February, the month of love, and we're moving into March, which is um, International Women's Day Month, Women History Month. And Nicole is someone I admire and I admire a lot of women, but Nicole in particularly is someone who um she wanted to speak her own voice. And mm. I think that a lot of women, we want that, but we're not sure how to do that. I mean, you're not a woman, so I guess yeah, you're do you looking ever feel at me, like that? You're looking at me <laughs> like you want me to contribute and speak about what it's like to be a woman. And I <sighs> cannot speak from that point of view. I know, but here's the thing. I think that many, do you feel, and, and here's a question for you, because Nicole has a very interesting story. This this uh, this brings me back to a certain time in my life where, oh. you know, there was a song in the radio, and any man out there, oh, any man out, of the, out there that denies ever singing the Shania Twain song, I Feel Like a Woman, is lying to himself. I thought you were going to say, I am a woman, hear me roar. It doesn't mean anything, but <laughs> I feel like a woman. Eh, 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 eh. Sometimes I worry. Sometimes I I'm worry. I'm just saying, you may have done it in private, but you've done it. Well, I don't know if we have any male listeners that can, can, can collaborate this. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask Mike Rosa when we see him later. Oh hey, Mike, have Lord. you ever sang that song? As you're riding in your Jeep with the top down and the winds in your hair? <laughs> uh, anyway. Okay, sorry. My bad. But but here's the thing I wanted to talk. Sorry, Nicole. Okay, here's the ahead. thing. Gather yourself. Here's the thing I wanted to talk about. Something that amazes me about Nicole and why I admire her so much. Mm. As women or as individuals, and I know this for myself, you get to a certain place in your career and you're like, oh, here I am. And perhaps you want more for yourself. Or maybe you're at a point in your career in which you're like, oh, I wish fill in the blank. But the transition, the change, the evolution to something new, different, higher, better, or something maybe that you thought you could do and then time passes and you didn't becomes a challenge. And Nicole, she is a jurist, doctor, or or a lawyer, and she's an attorney and was a practicing attorney, and she worked in higher ed and decided that she wanted more. And she went and she got a PhD. Mm. And, you know, many people have a dream and don't pursue it because it's going to take too long or what is going to happen or can I really do it? And they second guess it. And I really admire that about her. And as we learned in the interview, in the middle of her education process, she had a child. That's right. Mm. And there's a lot of transitions that happen in our life. And sometimes transitions happen to us. Like for me, right? I knew I wanted to start a business. I knew that I wanted to um, go out on my own. But I kept saying, oh, okay, I'll do it after. I will blah, 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 fill in the blank. And I was waiting. And the transition happened to me. I I was, I was separated from the organization because of the pandemic and everything that happened. But ultimately, it, it was a scary step. And I think mm. that although I was coaching people here and there, I never took the step to go out on my own because of the unknown and because I was comfortable with the uncomfortable maybe because or or not that I hated my job because I really loved where I worked and enjoyed the work but I think that you become comfortable with the status quo. Right. Do, do you feel that in your job you become comfortable with your status quo? Times? Oh, I come I become very comfortable with where I where I work. I become comfortable and I was very comfortable at my last job and uh, my last job, you know, there was a time where I worked for this company and there was over, over a thousand people there. Mm -hmm. We went to a reduction Mm -hmm. down to 70 people. Wow. 
a thousand to seventy. That's a yes. huge reduction. And I was one of the survivors that that made it through. I was one of those seventy. That means that the rest of those people who hmm. were working there had the they had to pivot. They had to do something different. They had to find new jobs. And um, this is the thing. We can we can look at, at, at our job and say, oh, I'm very, very comfortable. But if there's something that you love that you've always wanted to do, would you rather do want to do it from a position of having to or wanting to? No, oh. there's nothing there's nothing wrong with either yeah. way. One way is a little more stressful. But I know you you wanted to, but didn't take the leap until you had to. And, and yeah. there's there's just a little extra advantage in being a in being a in a perspective of just wanting to mm-hmm. and not having to. And it gives you a little leap. So I am a procrastinator to the nth degree. Mm, yeah, we've discussed that and, last week and, with your gift giving. And the thing is, is whenever I do something because I want to and not because I have to, it's it's so much easier. Um, it's right. not easy, but it's a little easier and more enjoyable. That is an interesting introspection, Daniel. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, you know, for many, many of my clients, right, when they're starting out, I think that that's a lot of reasons why someone decides to work with someone like me, because they want to, and in some cases they have to, but Mm. they wanting to comes from that dream in their heart, but they know that they can't do it alone or they're afraid to do it alone. And they need to have someone not only show them the way. But they also need to have someone um, cheer for them and believe in them because it's hard to believe in yourself when you don't have the evidence that you've been able to do something. Right. And that's that's something that is super important. By the way, Nicole also um, is someone who has been working with me, and I am so proud of the work that she's been doing because, first of all, did I say that she is a doctor doctor? She's a doctor, doctor. Mm. I love that. But the other thing that she does when she's working with individuals, and she's the creator of the leader coaching solution, but the thing that she did to finish her PhD and to get her doctorate is she started doing these micro actions. And that's similar to the concept of tiny habits, right? She set a minimum baseline for herself. And I want everybody to think about what are the things that you want to accomplish that it seems so overwhelming. Mm. And for me, you know, in writing my book, that was the same thing too. It's not like I woke up and I wrote the book, but I, well, I did, but I woke up in the mornings and my goal was that I was going to come downstairs and write for just a few minutes. And the same thing for Nicole, right? She would set up a time that she would want to do her thing for her dissertation. And she um, most times ended up doing more than what her minimum baseline of action was. And this is something that is super helpful. If there's something that you're trying to accomplish, find that minimum baseline. Maybe you're not going to do your entire reading for a class, or maybe you're not going to um, go and run a marathon or even go for a mile, but maybe you're just going to put your shoes on so that you can go for a walk. Or maybe you're just going to open your calendar and look at what your day is, which by the way, it reminds me, these are time management hacks, mm-hmm. open calendar and whatnot and all these. But on Friday... And a separate topic, I got to participate as a panelist for the Tiny Habits Academy. We've been hoving, hoving? We've been having these panels. <laughs> We've been having these panels in which we teach tiny habit concepts as they relate to different things, mm-hmm. like tiny habits for moms. I was not in that panel, obviously. Tiny habits for time management. We're going to have tiny habits for procrastination and so on and so forth. So if you're interested, go check it out. We're also going to put it in the show notes, tiny habits, the panels. But uh, that's a really great conversation, too. Yeah, I, I like how um, how Dr. Nicole talks about um, the micro actions. Micro actions, yes. Micro actions, which is just another 
We're saying tiny habits. And maybe and, and that's something for your procrastination is you need micro you need micro actions. Hmm. I didn't I didn't out myself as being a procrastinator for you to coach me on it. I'm not coaching you. I'm just putting it out there. You're my wife. Yeah, my I know. Coach. By the way, you asked me Friday night to coach I you, and did. it was kind of I awkward. Did. I, I did. Like, it was kind of weird. We were having a very like, intense conversation on, on a different topic. Yes. I was very agitated over something that happened. And yeah. um, you— I shifted and asked you. You shifted, but, yeah. and you were—and tr- and, and I believe you were trying to shift so you can put my brain to work, and then, you know, but— No, was, that's not what I was doing. I needed advice. And I, well, it, then um, you're asking— and then, the thing is, every time I try to coach him, because it just the coach in me comes out, he's always saying, don't coach me, don't coach me. And when he but said- But this time I said, please coach please me. Please coach me. And I'm like, what the heck? What? She said, well, this is going to cost and you. It's, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, what, no. What I, what kept going through my brain as I was talking with you mm-hmm. was, is he testing me? Number one. Then I was going through like, mm, I shouldn't- a- that no, was a I know, thought. I know. It was a thought. Yes. It was definitely a thought. But here's the other thing that I was thinking. Like, can I cleanly coach without having the perspective of the wife in this conversation? So halfway through the conversation, I said, never mind. Be my wife. No, <laughs> I, need to, I need to know the scoop. And you know what? The advice was the same because Julie well, is who she is. And if she's going to tell me honestly as my wife— it's the same person that's, it's the same person, maybe different technique that she's telling me as a coach. Um, and that's, as a wife, that's I just tell authentic. you what I think. As a coach, I would ask you, you the questions. You ask me the questions. So, yeah. so that's, which is that's a fully a authentic yeah. way to operate. So I appreciate fully that. Fully authentic. And You're I, using a lot of hmm, I, uh, appreciate you. jargon today. I appreciate By the you. way, your passport and is still on top of your desk. I just want to point yes, that it out. Is. You want me to put it in a top drawer someplace? Because Julie hides stuff in top drawers. You just got to figure out My which gosh, top drawer it's up. in. So if you ever break into our house, go through all the top drawers. Oh that's God, where the important you things are. You're putting that in the interwebs right now? Break into our house and go to the top drawers? Hey, Julie, now we got to change the combination. It's not in the top drawer anymore, people. So anyway. Uh, no. Well, hey, first of all, we, we should need... get cameras. I feel unsafe. Okay. I don't, I've never felt unsafe here. So anyway. Because you're not looking at the next door posts that keep popping up. I don't know how that keeps yeah, happening. Yeah, we'll stop looking at next door. Okay. One more thing I do want to have. I do have one thought. Oh, I have two thoughts. Sorry. I have to talk about this. All right. Let's get it out. Okay. Sorry, everyone, but I have to talk about this. Number one, um, the first ever African-American Supreme Court justice has been nominated. And in a Female African female African American Supreme Court justice has been nominated, and for those of you who may not know, there have been hold on hold please, I need to do math. One two three four five six seven eight times one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen thirteen and thirteen times eight. What is that? Hey Siri, what is thirteen times eight? Just I can't do math. One hundred and four plus one, two, three, four. That's one hundred and eight male white judges. Male white judges, and there have been one, two, three, four female white women in the Supreme Court, and two black men Supreme Court, and one Latina. And so this is the first African American female judge that hopefully will get confirmed. And why does that matter? Representation. I have never been a white man that sings Shania Twain. You know, I Hmm. feel like a woman and I don't understand what white men may feel and what their perspective is on things because it's very different from my experience. So I'm very excited. And, uh, Justice Katanji Brown Jackson is a graduate of Palmetto Senior High, which is my alma mater. She was actually in your class. She was in my class. She was your 
president, right? She was our senior class president Mm -hmm. and she was voted most likely to like everything because she was awesome. She was, she's the real deal people. She's amazing. She went to Harvard. And so did I tell you, did did I say this? Our guidance counselor told her not to go to Harvard, that she would never get in. Mm. And he's the same guy that told me that I should get married and that that was what I was destined to do is get married and be a good wife. It's a good thing you listened. 30 years later. Oh, my God. Anyhow, so. um, (laughs) That's a joke, people. That's a joke. So here, listen, Palmetto High School has now given the world Jeff Bezos, Mm -hmm. the Surgeon General. Jeff Jeff Bezos is the Surgeon General? No. When did this happen? Oh, my God. Really? Oh, my God. The hold on, I can't remember his name because I'm blanking out. I was not prepared to have this conversation. Apparently, <laughs> I not, love it when I fluster you. You're on. not okay. So the current U.S. Surgeon General, yes, who is you know, it's a Palmetto current. graduate. It's a par- Palmetto. So go Palmetto Panthers. Roar. Roar. That's- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway. And oh, and by the way, Palmetto High School also gave you me. Oh, that's true. That's me. That's uh, right. The finest export out the, of Kendall. Kendall, we right? are awesome. We are great. Senior class Kendall, of 88. Miami, Florida. It's not Kendall. <laughs> Where's Palmetto? It's Pinecrest. Oh, Pinecrest. My God. Sorry. Of God. My, my bad. Yeah, you're bad. Everyone. It's like saying you're for Plainville. That's that's west of the river in Connecticut. Yeah, well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay, and I was going to say something else, and I cannot remember what it is, apparently, because I got distracted with that. Mm. What did I say I was going to say? I don't know. I think you were going to say, and now, on to our guest. Nicole Fredericks-Jackson. Nicole, thank you so much for being on the show today. Guys, I have, oh, what a treat. I have a friend and um, individual who I've just grown to adore and see her growth. She is currently working with me, but that's not why I asked her to be on the podcast. I asked her to be on the podcast because we need to hear voices like hers more so than we tend to, to hear. So, Nicole Fredericks Jackson, welcome to Casa de Confidence. Why don't you take a minute to introduce yourself? Tell us about you. Thanks so much, Julie. Um, Well, I am a doctor of leadership here in uh, Minnesota. I am a growth strategist and executive coach uh, working mostly with high-performing professionals. Um, I'm an attorney by trade myself um, and have moved from that um, profession into the coaching profession after completing my doctorate in leadership back in 2018. You're a doctor doctor. I'm a doctor, doctor. You yes. have a Juris doctors and a PhD. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. I love that. Um, you know, I, I love finding women who just push the boundaries. And I think that there's so many women that tend to go the path in a career and say, Oh, I made it here. I don't need to go any further. Oh, well, I don't know about this. Maybe. Um, and getting a Jewish doctor and then going for a doctorate, that's a lot of work. How did you do it? <laughs> How did I do it? That is a great question. Um, yeah, you know, it was actually an interesting transition in life um, for me. So I had my my Juris doctorate, my, my law degree, and had been plugging along quite well in that profession for quite some time. And I'd always been drawn to helping people. Um, And so I ended up going into higher education, keeping my law degree in use because I was working in a law school. And so I was the director of alumni relations and student life. And and I found myself doing a ton of coaching of individuals. Mm -hmm. Um, And I knew I wanted to help people as they transition through pieces of their career. And so I decided I would, I had actually looked at a degree in student life and decided, um, was actually kind of talked into going into get my doctorate. Um, I was pushed by an advisor, um, encouraged would actually probably be the better <laughs> word for it, but it felt a little bit like a push, uh, cause she really needed to like help me decide that that was a okay. good route. Okay. 
And I ultimately did it. And it took me 10 years. I was not a fast, (laughs) it was not a fast journey for me because I had a child in the midst (laughs) of that. Um, But it's funny how things actually always come together because in the midst of having, wrapping up the degree and having a child, there's that piece in life where you kind of stop and go, is this really all there is? Because it felt like it was just another achievement, (laughs) not necessarily that next step. Um, And I realized that it was more than just an achievement. It was actually a new transition and a new way of of navigating through life for me. You know, that's amazing. And I think that um, I love that it took 10 years. And why I don't, you know, I think that I love that you said that it took 10 years because this is something that I see a lot in working with individuals is that especially when they're an emerging career or growing and they say, I would, oh, I want to be a doctor or I want to go to law school or I, I want to transition to, and then they look at how long is it going to take them? And then they give up on the idea because it's going to take too long. And, and, you know, life passes us anyway. And I think that you know, those 10 years, you still were thriving in a career and you were um, balancing and, and, and moving from one thing to the next, I imagine. But what was it like in those 10 years? Did you ever get discouraged? Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Without hesitation, I mm-hmm. can say absolutely. Did I ever get discouraged? Um, you know, part of it was, is the doctorate is a very engaged activity during the first part when you're doing the coursework and you're very mm-hmm. engaged with other people and you're in classroom in the classroom setting and you're having those conversations and you're interacting with people. But then there comes a stage in your doctorate where you now are off on your own mm. to do this journey. And it's actually, I suppose, a little bit like coaching because someone helps you along the pathway mm-hmm. and then you're out trying to navigate this to do this thing. And so for me, it came down to doing the doctorate on my own. And that was a challenge. And it also, um, well, it was also, it was a lonely phase, although I had an incredible advisor who really like kind of kept pushing you and helping you like move forward and and rethink how things go. It wasn't until it was actually a conversation with an accountability partner Mm -hmm. who was a volunteer. She is someone who I met through a very random channel. And she's like, can I be your accountability partner to help you get through this? And I'm like, well, sure. And it wasn't until a conversation with her one day that was like, she's like, what is it that's keeping you? What, what's, what is the holdup in why aren't you actually moving forward in this? Um, and it was actually a very personal conversation. Hmm. And it was really that realization that I was holding myself back from getting that doctorate degree because it was that question of who am I to become a doctor? Uh, You know, I'm the child, my family, um, I was the first one to go to college. Mm -hmm. Um, My mother had an eighth grade education. My father had a high school education and I was the first one to go to college. I was certainly the first to go to law school, which was a huge deal in our um, family. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly I decided to go do a doctorate. And I know internally there was that conversation with myself of who am I? Like, no, I should never be called doctor. Um, I'm going to call you doctor from now on, doctor. (laughs) (laughs) It was an interesting transition. Like I've come a long way from, but it was, it was really an interesting realization in life where you're like, I never really thought about that. Like I I hadn't really stop to think about mm-hmm. that being the thing that was holding me from finishing the last stages of my doctorate. Isn't it amazing that no matter what we accomplish in our lives, that little son of a gun imposter syndrome comes to like, you know, play around and mess with our brain. Isn't it? Isn't it amazing? It is. It's huge. And it's a big part of it's it's a big part of life, I think, for everyone. Yeah, I think for we sure. All in some way, come across it, and some say that it's an overused term, but it's overused for a reason. It's something that's <laughs> it, it's real for many. Where you know, it's it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it relates to getting your degree or whether it relates to you taking on um, 
a specific role in your family. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's becoming a mom, maybe right. it's becoming a dad, whatever it might be. Uh, and I think it comes into play so many times in our life. Absolutely. You know, in the in the leadership program that I volunteer in, um, that I mentor in, that's one of the things that we cover in the first few weeks is imposter syndrome. Because as these young college women are coming in, um, they they're going to be continually dealing with this at a different different level. And it's like an onion. We we deal with it, we see it, and then we're like, okay, I think I'm good. And then we get to a new level in which we're like, we have to go back and dive a little deeper into that as well. And I think that that's one of the things that um, it's important for them to be aware because awareness helps you uh, move past it and, and, and understand that it's you're not abnormal for dealing with it, right? Absolutely. And and from that point forward, I decided to take, you know, I know you talk <laughs> about it, I think in your your conversations about tiny habits, I think about it as just micro actions. Mm-hmm. And so from that day forward, it was, I did 20 minutes a day. Awesome. Um, to move towards this goal because that's what I was comfortable in doing. And every time 20 minutes would always turn into an hour. Mm-hmm. But if I promised myself I would do the 20 minutes on it each day, it yeah. ended up going from not a lot done to finishing it within six months. You know, I, that's my new uh, my new thing that I am doing because, you know, there's certain and we talk about this in, in coaching, how there's different things that uh, are your priorities in life. And obviously, how do you prioritize? And one of the things that I was finding is that um, there's certain spots in my home, like I have two closets right now that are bursting and they really need to be, well, three actually, if you count my own personal. And and I've decided that I needed to do just 10 minutes. <laughs> Tiny habits go in 10 minutes and do what I can. And it really makes you feel good. And these micro actions, these tiny movements in the direction. And when you celebrate what you're accomplishing, it actually gives you such a, a feeling of proud, of pride in yourself and what you can do. And, and you know that, you know, maybe you don't see the completion today or tomorrow, but when you do, you can tackle something larger. And I think that that's so important. And, and that's, that's so good. 20 minutes a day, ladies, you can get a PhD. Now, you know how my brain is working, of course. As you're <laughs> talking and you're sharing all of this, I'm already formulating like content calendar of posts that you should be making, leveraging this content. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, she should do a reel where she talks about Dr. Doctor in 20 minutes a day and, you know, how she gets it done. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So we'll have to explore that uh, outside of this. <laughs> I look forward to it. <laughs> uh, so now you are in Minnesota. Did you grow up in Minnesota? I did for the most part. I actually... I went to 16 different grade schools between wow. kindergarten and ninth grade. Uh, I finished high school up in Brainerd, Minnesota. But mm-hmm. um, in the before that, we uh, lived both in Minneapolis and St. Paul, down in Chicago, Illinois, and also the Lake Geneva area of Wisconsin. So we moved Ooh, back Lake and Geneva forth is beautiful. quite a bit. It is gorgeous. Yeah. What what took you around? What what made your family move so much? My father was a male model. <laughs> And okay. so he went back and forth between the Minneapolis and St. Paul market. Like model, model? Model, model. Like uh, for That's amazing. That time it was Finger Hut, Target, Marshall Fields. I love that. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, that's, that's my first. I've never met the child of a male model, just female models. Excellent. Yeah. He was, he was one of the top models and uh, it was fun when we first moved to Chicago. My dad had already been living down there and I remember (laughs) my mom was lost. Right. But I remember we came to this T in the road and I looked up and there was my father's billboard for, uh, I think it was Marshall Fields, but yeah, it was like, there's dad. <laughs> oh my God. How fun is that? That must have been some really fun things to like open a, a, a catalog. And, and, you know, for those people who are too young, catalog, you know, used to get these things in the mail and, you know, you used to pick out. <laughs> used to circle them and figure out what you wanted for Christmas. Okay. Not for, for nothing. Holiday, Hold on whatever one. You're going to laugh. Hold on. I today, after we finished froggy hour, Okay, that's what I was doing. I was circling in this catalog. <laughs> yeah, all habits die hard. That's for sure. Um, 
and so now you you live with your son and your husband. Tell me a little bit about your son. What what allows you to create the margin to be able to be present to him and also be uh, full fledged in this career that you have for yourself? You know, it's 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 a flow. <laughs> it's an integration <laughs> for sure. And there are days where I'd love to say I'm perfect at it. Uh, there's days where it goes really well and other days that I don't feel as present, but my goal is always to be as present to him as possible. Uh, and so creating that margin for me is about uh, being very intentional with the day, um, but also asking for help in some regard as well. Um, so we have, we've hired someone to help us after school for just two hours, just to kind of help us get through a few pieces. Uh, and that way then when I stop working, my goal is to be able to stop working and to be able to enjoy that time with him. Uh, mm-hmm. And then if I do need to go back into doing work, um, I can go in at, at eight after he's mm-hmm. in bed. But often I also very much, I, I am a believer in the protection of sleep. Yeah. Um, and I really believe that I'm better off the next day if I rested than I am if I'm stay up super late working. Um, yeah, that way I then get the rest that I need to be more productive the next day. So it is rare that there, I mean, I can't say it's a never, but it is rare that I will work mm. into the, you know, that's a lesson that I, I had a hard time learning in my thirties. I was, I was your quintessential person that was glued to her little blue, uh, Blackberry and, and it was a plink, a pink Blackberry that I used to walk around with. And before that was a Palm Pilot. So I'm dating myself. Wow, this is a dating show for sure. Not dating. I, I'm you know, very you familiar it, with okay. them too. So we're probably from the same age group. Yeah. And and <laughs> it, it was insane. So I had my personal phone and then my work phone. And I used to carry both of them and be like, what? You? And the quintessential thing for me was when I was having an, um, an episode of tachycardia at the airport in Washington, D.C., and I'm being wheeled out of the tarmac on an ambulance and I'm calling in both phones, my office and my dad at the same time to let them know I'm going to the hospital. And I'm thinking, and, and that's when I started to realize like something has to give, something has to change. And nobody really told me like create balance. I was the one who could go out to dinner in Manhattan with friends and then come home and then work and then get up the next morning and go to work and four hours of sleep. And I thought that I was at my peak performance. And, you know, for you, you're a high performing coach when you're working with individuals and tell us a little bit about how your journey to get to coaching and working with women and individuals. But what do you say to someone like me back in her thirties who is in that rut? You know, that's where you start to ask curious questions. You know, mm. what is what is what is it for <laughs> in some regard? Mm. Um, because I think one of the most striking things that probably put me into really thinking about balance, and I think of it as flow, because I don't ever think we're at a full 50-50. I think we're yep. at an 80-20 some days, 20-80 the other. Um, but it was really that concept of and it always seems, you know, maybe a little cliche, but it's, what do you want to say at the end? Like mm-hmm. when you stop and you look back on life, like <clears throat> what are you going to be most proud of? Are you going to be most proud of the fact that you worked 80 hours a week? Yeah. Or are you going to be proud of the fact that you helped um, your son um, mm-hmm. develop into a really good human being, you know, which is yeah. my end. <laughs> but, um, you know, and also stopping to think about, okay, so if I have put so much purpose into my work, right, that my work is my only purpose, there comes a time, at least in the in in our life style, that becomes, you know, I'm going to hit my 60s and I'm going to say I'm going to retire, right? Mm-hmm. And if I retire and I no longer have the career, what then has my purpose yeah. been? If my only purpose was to work then what does it look for me look like for me when i hit my 60s and i say i want to retire and you see so many people 
their their health goes down mm-hmm. at that point because they've lost kind of that sense of purpose. Yeah. And so it's really asking those curious questions of of what is it for and what is the emergency because at the end of the day there are jobs. Right. Where there are true emergencies. There are true life or death situations mm-hmm. where they have to respond to those. But for me if I don't answer an email from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., mm-hmm. are those 12 hours really going to be the difference? Right. And there are some cases, you know, maybe you're working on an international <clears throat> deal and you have to have some flexibility. And there are things, that's the right. flow, right? So that you create those times earlier, maybe in your day to t- spend mm-hmm. time with family so you can work later. But you have to look at the whole picture. Like, what is the real reason? why is it that sense of importance is it um what is the sense that you need um and how else can you accomplish that so often for me i found just in my own life that i was putting too much stock in my career mm-hmm. and i forgot about all the other pieces right because it's a whole it's a right. whole pie some call it it's you know maybe all tributaries flowing into one but you've got your physical and emotional energy. Mm-hmm. You have your family, your relationships. Um, you have the spirituality side, which is just a belief in, in a power higher than yourself, right. whether that's, right. you know, nature, God, the universe, whatever mm-hmm. it might look like. And as you added in pieces and including fun, like, right, mm-hmm. hobbies. Yeah. Often as a professional, you're like, I don't have time for hobbies. Well, you should. Um, and when you start to add those back, you're like, okay, life feels better. And now my career feels a lot better. Like the mm-hmm. importance on my career feels a lot less. Um, it feels less at stake, right? Like the, it's just, right. it's, it, it doesn't, it, you start to feed in the personal side and you start to do better in the career. You know, I think that you nailed it. And, and I love everything that, you know, you're talking about because I, I do see so many women, right. That, just bury themselves into their job or bury themselves into their kids. Or, and then all of a sudden, maybe their kids go away and they retire and what's left. And I think that it's very important to be able to nurture yourself as a woman, nurture yourself and remember what brings you joy. You know, I, I actually have been rediscovering how much I love music. I love music. I've always have. And for the past couple months, I wasn't listening to a lot of music and I'm the type of person who loves to just blast it at the top of her, you know, system. And, you know, a joke that I married my husband because he, he, he can, you know, has the best sound <laughs> equipment ever. Um, but I love that. And I started to say, well, wait a minute. What, what happened here? I need to stop reading books all the time or listening to podcasts or being on clubhouse. And I need to just play some music just to jam around the house or as I clean my closets. <laughs> and, and these connections bring you so much joy. And then re, re, you rediscover who you are and, you know, purpose too, right? And maybe dancing around the house is not necessarily a purpose other than to bring you joy. But when you go back to doing something that you love, and because you're coming in with a better frame of mind, um, then you can go after your purpose more fully. And I think that that's important. Um, so, yeah. yeah, for sure. The other thing, too, that struck me that you said is curious questions. Um, what curious questions have you asked of yourself that made you a better person? I think it's the questions of, I wonder if, um, I wonder what would happen if I tried, mm. you know, to do this, right. Um, for me, um, it was a matter of, I wonder what would happen if I quit my job mm. and I wonder what it would be if I started my own company. Uh-huh. And I didn't immediately start off in coaching. It's uh, more from consulting to just consulting to coaching and consulting. So the consulting is in the legal side, which I do very little of at this point. Uh-huh. Um, but I still enjoy it. I, I like the rigor, um, the mental rigor of it. Um, but it's always kind of, I wonder if. I you know, wonder if, what yeah. Would it be like, 
um, and challenging myself. I wonder what it would be like to do something completely outside of my comfort zone. Uh, because I worked um, in government and then mm-hmm. in education, all of which had a fairly secure, you know, they're they're fairly secure jobs and defined lines, also. Yes, yes, and mm-hmm. but I really realized for me it became a matter of I wonder if I what it would be like if I stepped into my full person and who I am uh, and stepped into that more fully. And when I did that. I found it so interesting because while scary, uh, it created a level of um, prosperity for me, not from a, I mean, financially sure, but when I say prosperity, I just think of like a feeling of growth and Uh enrichment. Um, And so it's been a, it's been an interesting journey to say the least. You know, you say prosperity and this is something that, um, I did a five day challenge last fall <clears throat> and it was the five P challenge or the play challenge. And I talked about, um, to be able to be a whole person, you have to, um, be peaceful and include the, that mindfulness piece. And then you also have to have purpose and find what your purpose is. You need to find also the space in which you're playful. And if you do that and you, and you live out your passions, then the last P is prosperity. And it, it's not, you know, yes, it could be financial prosperity, but it really comes with the process of understanding that prosperity is when you f- fully on in all of the areas that matter and you have that contentment and you, like you said, step into your whole person, which mm-hmm. um, it's such a, it's such a beautiful concept um, that you, you, said that it was a little scare, scary to launch into going and quitting your job. What um, what did you do after, and it was your first full day out on your own, and did you have a plan, and how did you live those few, first few days? Take us through that. You know, so I probably move safely into something. Um, my consulting uh, started with already having a client lined up. So it was a bit less scary in mm-hmm. that regard as to I had a client lined up, but it was a consulting agreement. So at any point in time, that could be done. But it actually, you know, you talk about it in the first few days. I think the excitement, and I loved it, the, you know, right away. But here's where I often noticed it for me was the piece that really struck me was how I realized I got to speak my own voice. Mm. I was now the voice of my consulting company and I was the voice of, of me. So good. So good. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Because so long, I, I had for so long asked for permission, mm-hmm. you know, are we okay <clears throat> saying X, you know, mm-hmm. is it, does it go down the company line to say Z um, and really just kind of watching that step. And not that you don't watch your step, right? Like you obviously want to put your best foot forward, but suddenly becoming being, it took me a while to realize I got to be my full authentic self. Mm. And I think I could have been my full authentic self as well in working for someone, but I think it took stepping off into my own to really be like, this is who I am. And because you have to, if you're going to be off on your own, I think you need to really deeply be like self-aware of who (laughs) you are and how you, um, who you want to be, right? Like it, it, that's the only way you can prosper in this career is if you know who you are. I think that that's um, so true. You- I, Nicole, it's so true. And I think I totally resonated when you said you had your own voice, your full own voice. I know that for me also being in a corporate world, I, I, I realized that that was the best thing. Like, wait a minute. And, and I had a lot of autonomy. I made a lot of decisions and directed the company in the directions that we were going and call the shots for many things. But I still 
at times had to fight for my ideas <laughs> and had to justify what we were doing then. And I love being the person who, you know, not to be corny, but really is going in the direction of her dreams. And it is in end, whether it's the right or wrong, I take full responsibility and it's okay that the bucket kind of ends with me in, in this journey. Right. So absolutely. I yeah. love that. I, I love what, what everything that you're saying. It totally resonates with me. Um, you are, t- tell us about how you work with women. Tell us more about that. Well, I work with them in a, primarily in one-to-one coaching. So um, it is a six-month-long program, uh, which meets bi-monthly uh, or twice, not bi-monthly, sorry. <laughs> it's Monday, uh, twice a month anyway. Um, and so it's for, for a total of 12 sessions. Um, but really it's that customized approach um, because each person comes to me with a different set of um, things they want to work on or different challenges. So I do a lot of um, from transition coaching to those on the edge of burnout um, mm. would really how I would describe the individual that I primarily have worked most often with. Um, and it's, when I say transition, it's not necessarily that they are going to leave their job, but they know some kind of transition is taking place, whether <laughs> that is them trying to step fully into feeling comfortable in the work that they do or realizing where they want to take it um, in their next piece to be able to find that balance and that flow within life. Um, I also, um, I'm in the midst of preparing to do a retreat in 2022, Mm. uh, to bring together professional women. So I'm excited about that. And, um, I'm also working (laughs) on a group coaching, uh, format as well. Um, and the other piece that I do is, you know, just for fun, I do leader book club. So we meet every other month, um, Mm and discuss a uh, personal development book. So a lot of people love to read, um, you know, fun books. Uh, I love to read personal and professional development books. So our next one's going to be Adam Grant's book. Um, Oh, can't remember the title of it, his new one. So um, I have it somewhere, but anyway. It will be a really good discussion. I do know the book. I can see the cover and I don't know why I can't That's say the so name. Funny. So <laughs> we just talked about it too. And I should I should uh remember it too. Hold on, I'm looking it up. The power of knowing what you don't know. That's what it is, yes. That's yep. why it's a long title. It is a long title. So that's a good reason why, you know, we can't pull it up so quickly. Um, what other book have you read that it's just been one of your favorite when it comes to self-help, inspirational, motivational book that you just go back to time and time again. You know, it's actually a new book. I Well, there's, well, first, I will say um, I'm a huge fan of Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and mm-hmm. Influence People. It seems like such a basic book, but it is such a good reminder of the yeah. things yeah. that will help you in your personal and professional mm-hmm. life, right? It helps you in all of those areas mm-hmm. to really kind of re-embrace with that concept. Um, I'm a big, I love talking about influence mm-hmm. and how influence to me is how you impact, how you show up and impact others, right? Because we influence whether we're in our career, whether we're working with our children, um, whether it's a person we've met on the street, right? Like how we <clears throat> how we show up and right. just the little things that we do, right? Did we listen? Did we, mm-hmm. you know, show up truly as who we are, all of those different pieces um, and knowing how, who we truly are impacts others uh, kind of whole self-awareness. But honestly, one of the best books uh, that I've recently read, actually I did the audio book and I highly recommend the audio book because he has great bonuses is John Acuff's soundtracks. Oh, that's um, on my list. It is so good. Um, mostly because it reminds us that um, it, I think p- part of it is that piece of looking at positivity, right? Like, yes, I'm a positive, I, I try to be a very positive person, <laughs> but life is, you know, two thirds positive, one third chaos happens, right? Absolutely. Like just life happens. Uh, and it's allowing yourself that opportunity to probably feel that 
and move mm-hmm. through that, but then how we choose to show up later. But then there's those soundtracks, those things that we play, like those pervasive thoughts that we have, like the going back to my original story, the who am I who am to you, do you. Right. And so changing that story, because mm-hmm. uh, we each have one. And, and I think, I mean, I know I've done this work in coaching. I mm-hmm. haven't thought about it in the way that Aka puts it, but I'm like, that is, it's just a good book. Um, plus he's oh. hilarious. Yeah. He's, he is so funny. Yeah. He's so funny. <laughs> like, he is great. I, you know, Finish, of course, is one of my favorite books. And, and really, Finish for me gave me a lot of momentum in weight loss, believe it or not. Really? That's good to know. I have not yeah. read that book. So, yeah. So, oh, I highly it. recommend it. So, for sure. Um, if, since you are part of the No BS program, I, I don't know if it's still up on the website, but uh, Corinne did, uh, did a live with him. Uh, with Johnny. For the mem- yeah. yeah. For yep. the membership for a finish. And, um, oh, good to know. Yeah. So it, it, it might be in there. So if, and just, just ask coaches too, if, yeah. if you can't find it. So it's so good. Um, I think that, you know, changing the stories and changing that, um, disc broken record sometimes and, and it's so important. And really we don't necessarily erase them because they're already in our brain, but we just need to create and change what we're listening to. And that's so important because, Art. yeah. It it it, it, talks it about it, it's turning down the volume. Yeah, right? and, and it yeah, goes into right. our into it goes into the imposter syndrome. If we're feeding ourselves that soundtrack, for sure. Oh, I'm going to have to go listen now. Um, going back to the other book, the Dale Carnegie. Um, I read it. Oh my gosh, my dad made me read this a hundred years ago. He's like, if you're going to work in the corporate world. And I, I remember reading and it took me forever to read. And now I was thinking actually, and it's on my wish list. I was thinking of listening to it again and listening rather than reading. Uh, so I, but now I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, should I go for Adam Grant or John Acuff? <laughs> you know, those are both great books. I have not, I, I have yet to read the John, the Adam Grant book. Sorry. I was just going to call him John Grant. That's someone I used to know. <laughs> human um i i don't know they're both really good i picked up the uh anniversary copy of dale carney again because i wanted to reread it okay um but yeah you know i might i might say soundtracks first but okay i i also that is a good question it depends on what you want to work on right like if you're trying to turn down the volume of a story that's in your head and you know, you're, 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 you're slow getting to something that you want to do mm-hmm. or something that's not going quite as fast as you want it to um, maybe looking at those soundtracks. Um, but Dale Carnegie's book is a good reminder to kind of get really clear again on who you are mm-hmm. and just really thinking about how you influence others. Because I think that's um, one of the things I see within coaching when people are struggling to um, advance themselves, mm-hmm. it's often that question of influence um, right. because we often right. come to the table and I do this, I've done this many times before, right? Where it's, well, I want this and it should be done because the, this is the right thing to do, mm-hmm. right? It's just the right thing to do. And we don't sometimes understand why someone might say no, So the right right thing to do, right? Well, this is just the right thing. Where if we stop and really look at what the pressures are that the other person might be facing, what are some of the motivators for them, whether it's intrinsic or extrinsic motivation, (laughs) and then being able to take that and overlay what it is we actually want to be able to tell them how what we're wanting will ultimately impact them. Because as humans, whether we like it or not, mm-hmm. the truth is that we are often thinking about ourselves. Even when we oh, say for sure. we're not thinking what's about ourselves. What's in it for me? <laughs> yeah, what's in it for me and what am I, what am I going to get? Yep. And so um, we have to be able to think about how we influence and how everything that we do on a daily basis is somehow influencing what we want. So if, if we're not showing up as that best person that we know we can be, then it's impacting how others are viewing us 
And so mm. it makes it more challenging to get what we want, right? So yep. if we can, it doesn't mean that all is lost. It just means that maybe we need to invest some time yeah. reinvesting, putting some more pennies in that, you know, penny jar yeah. to be able to say, all right, I'm here and I'm now ready to try to offer this solution. And here's how it's going to help everyone. That's so great. What a great reminder for the listeners. And I think that this is something that, um, it's a concept that we all continue to work on. And sometimes we move past that, but it's important to go back and recalibrate. That's so, so key. Um, you know, we, we're talking about your coaching. And of course, I know that, you know, you're very excited about your retreat. Um, it sounds phenomenal. Um, and I, I'm seeing some of the behind the scenes, uh, from working with you and the women that are going to come, first of all, they're going to be super, um, fortunate to have the opportunity to really be around uh, another individual who's going to help them sharpen their skills and is going to help them grow and level up. But also, you know, if they're in a place where they're burning out, it's going to help them replenish and and re reposition themselves and become resilient because we all need to bounce back from, from that near burnout. And uh, I love that. Um, when you look back, at your your journey in this life. And this is something that I tend to um, always think about. And I know that um, I, I, make you, I make you guys kind of go through this exercise doing coaching, but what is your legacy, Nicole? What would you like to, and you know, um, actually Pearl, who's also in coaching, and uh, she just did an Instagram live on this last week. And I didn't get a chance to listen to the whole thing, but she was talking about the dash between our birth year and our death year and our birthday or death date in uh, that dash. And and I consider that to be a legacy. Um, what is your legacy? How would you like to be remembered when it's all said and done? As cliche as it might sound, it's I want to make the di- a difference in another person's life. So I say that from this perspective. Um, my father passed away several years ago and um, he didn't have much. Um, he hadn't made great um, financial decisions. And so he didn't have a ton, but what he had uh, was this ability to write really thoughtful thank you notes. Mm. And when he passed away, we, we knew that he was always great at, you know, sending us cards and, and doing that type of thing. But the gas station attendants who he I don't know if he would go there for his milk or whatever food needs he needed. Mm-hmm. He'd send them thank yous about oh. how they made a difference in his life um, wow. and how they're so kind. And they ended up sharing that with us after his death, that it made a, it made a difference in their day. So it's, if every day I can make a difference in someone's life, um, whether mm-hmm. that's through coaching or just simply through, a random act of saying hello to a stranger Mm. as you pass by them. Um, That's the legacy that I would want to leave that you made the made a difference uh, in the life of your family, friends, and strangers. Nicole, that's so beautiful. This is what I love about you. You're such a woman of essence and uh, you, it is such an honor and pleasure to have you in my life and to collaborate and work with you and have you on the podcast. My gosh, people need to connect with you. How can they find you? I am at uh, NicoleFJ.com for online. And that's probably the easiest way. There's a mm-hmm. little form if you want to reach out to send an email and I can easily respond. But it's NicoleNoHFJ.com. That's right. And she's on the socials too. You probably will find her on LinkedIn more than Instagram and Facebook. But go and connect with her and follow her and give her some social currency as well so that she can continue to grow her impact and influence to those who need her and want to work with her because she is doing amazing work for others. And I so admire that, Dr. Doctor. (laughs) Thank you, Julie. It's been such a pleasure. You're welcome, Nicole. And don't forget, go confidently in the direction of your dreams and keep doing what you're doing. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us this week on the Casa de Confidence podcast with Julie DeLuca Collins. Remember to check her out on Instagram and Facebook and always click subscribe to catch every new episode. Remember, leave a review.
so we can continue to bring you fresh content. And as always, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Hi, everybody. I know that sometimes we get very lonely in this entrepreneur journey, and I want to invite you to join us into our limited time only purposeful you mastermind. For many of us entrepreneurs, we believe that we can do it all, but the reality is that doing it alone only creates a lot of overwhelm. So join us at the purposeful you mastermind. You can find out more information by going to bit.ly forward slash Julie's mastermind. This is going to be the place where you are able to then unlock your full potential and achieve long-term success for your business, push you behind your current limits, expand your connections, discover new ideas, and implement them with confidence. You're going to get the support in all aspects and transforming you to the six-figure business you've been looking for. Pause and get off the hamster wheel if you've been spinning around. This is a time where you can get that support from like-minded entrepreneurs that are here to join you in your journey. Together, we can challenge the assumptions and land the speaking engagements and opportunities we want to grow our business and make an impact in the lives of people. See you then. Remember, you can find the mastermind at bit.ly. Julie's Mastermind.